Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pixelated Perfect Podcast. I am here with Timothy today. Um, super excited to chat with Timothy. I don't know too much about you as you kind of reached out. We scheduled really quickly, and I'm super excited to have you on the podcast and to learn more about your design journey. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Diane. Of course, of course. So let's let's get into it. Um, I would love for you to tell me a little bit about kind of when you first discovered design um, and kind of where all of those steps you took and where are you today and what are you looking for um, as you kind of grow? Gotcha. Okay. So I'll move, I'll move around. I'll start where I am now. So I'm about four weeks out, um, four weeks before I finish my current uh, product design program. So um, that's really exciting. Um, I initially went to the boot camp with the intention, of, I'm sorry, I initially went to the interest meeting with the intention of going into software engineering. And so we are maybe like 10 minutes into the orientation and they were like, oh, you guys, you know, we actually, we have this other program called product design, it's super artsy. And as soon as I heard art, um, you know, that really got my interest. So I went and talked to a few people and they're like, yeah, um, they have another seminar going on down the hall with product design. Um, and after that I was sold. Um, just a combination of like, uh, and I'll get into my background of music as well, but I'm a musician. Um, uh, the background of like psychology, like creativity, uh, th just those two combined together and tech would really, really sparked my interest. So um, that was late last year. So I've been doing the part-time program, but then I'll go way back. So um, I graduated in 2016 with a degree in music business. So I've been playing trumpet my entire life. Um, piano, I just recently, my my the, my neighbor beneath me, he plays bass. And I actually started learning bass during the pandemic, but um, then uh, kind of got sidetracked and I started back again a couple months ago because my, my downstairs neighbor is like, he's has this thunderous bass that he plays. <laughs> but um, I was like, it makes sense that I could just, I should just start lessons with him, you know? Um, so graduated with music business degree. Uh, my wife and I we moved to Atlanta. Um, with the with the really every move has been a combination of both of us trying to figure out what space would work best for us. Atlanta with me was for music, of course, and um, was there for a year. She got accepted into dental school at Howard University, and so we lived in D.C. for four years. Um, while I was there, I started teaching. Um, started in started with the, with the babies. I was teaching uh, three-year-olds for Aww. two years. Um, and I was like, this is cool, but it's more so like a daycare. And I'm like, I, I, I like, wanna like teach older students. So I went and got my teacher's license and then I taught special education for two years. And then this most recent year um, was my first year officially being like a music teacher in a school. Like I've always given private lessons, uh, mostly trumpet, little piano. Um, but it's like my first like in school experience, which is really cool in the Bronx. So, uh, I've always, so one of my best friends, he's a, um, I'm actually wearing one of his shirts. He, uh, he is a software engineer and in college, we met in college. Um, he studied computer science and we always talked about different things and I've always had the interest in it. He's like, man, you have to learn a code. You have to learn a code, you have to learn a code. And, um, 
it's something I've always been interested in and like I'll like sign up for like a Udemy or something and maybe do it for like a week and then stop and you know but yes. eventually uh, really the pandemic really changed things for me which for a, a lot of us I would imagine um, really just changed my perspective of like I really like the flexibility of being able to work from home um, and I was like what is something that I could do to to do uh, to do that so what, what's a profession I can get into and so um that's your tech started calling my name where I was like, you know, has, I can have a really good salary, lots of flexibility, still be really creative and, um, and have fun, still work on a team. So, uh, so yeah, I think that, well, after I kind of skipped a little bit. After my wife graduated from dental school, we moved up to, um, we're in Manhattan now. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, she's in a residency program there, pediatric residency. So, um, so yeah, we are... Uh, doing our thing in New York, and I'm about to graduate soon. That's exciting. Um, yeah, so many things I want to ask about. That's I love, I love interviewing career changers because I think it's really interesting to hear how kind of their past and things that they're passionate about also kind of weave their way into to product design. So I think there's definitely some spaces in education and in music that probably you can find some similarities in. So I want to dive into that. Okay, let's start here. Is you were, you've kind of been a teacher. You started off as a teacher and it was kind of like all of these things that you were thinking about. You talked about your best friend who's a software engineer and that's kind of maybe where that got in your head for you to go to that engineering software yeah. engineer um seminar and kind of switch so when you decided to make that switch into more of the product design you talked about like creativity psychology technology but how much of that is influenced by maybe the your background in maybe, maybe music which is a pretty creative field oh a thousand percent one thousand percent a really so overall the the draw to the software engineering and product design was like, I can be on my computer all day for the most part, you know? And that's something I'm used to doing. Like the pandemic, I had some of, I made some of the best music of my life and just kind of figured out just kind of like my flow because it's opposed to having to work a nine to five and then come home and go grocery shopping, cook, and then maybe have like an hour to work on music. I had like all day, you know? Right. And um, just getting used to that workflow. And um, I realized with, with tech, I would be able to have a, a much similar experience um, uh, at work so uh, and, oh in the creativity aspect I know software engineers are extremely creative as well but product design just really spoke to me in a different way just because like I immediately thought of like color theory and typography and just like those where I have a lot more autonomy over what's happening you know opposed to like receiving something at the end is like I can put some a lot of information on in the beginning to you know to get to a final product so but it's the product design switch was a thousand percent like influenced by my um my experience in music and it, i the more i learned about product design i realized how many parallels there are you know so like in working with clients because i am a musician but um i'm an audio engineer i perform live i'm a music producer i'm a composer uh, i was actually just working on something right before we started on the call um but in terms of uh, like iterations in product design, I've had an experience with that where it's like, I'll be working on something, you know, the client and I will have a conversation about what they would like 
and then I work on for something, whether for hours, weeks, days, turn it into them. They're like, ah, I, you know, it could be something that I missed or sometimes it's something they didn't mention at all. And it's like they, you know, just having just having that that back and forth where I'm just constantly like iterating. And then, you know, the beautiful part about music is you can do all of that and the song doesn't come out. You know, so it's like, right. <laughs> which you know, could so. also be for design too, right? That's like you true. work on something That's true. and maybe then you go into testing and they're like, oh, wait, this isn't, it didn't get the results you're looking for. Let's go back to the drawing board. So that's right. actually, that's interesting. Yeah, like the iterations. Yes, lots of iterations, um, lots of patience in that process because it, it's, it's really about finding that balance again with the design to find that balance between, okay, I am receiving this information from you and I want to make the best product for you, but I also have, you know, you're coming to me because I specialize in this and so I'm going to put my input into it and what I think should be best and just finding that balance between, you know, them trusting me uh, with their ideas and me trusting them with kind of like letting me <laughs> get the job done. So it's just like, uh, it's so many parallels where like I knew the more I learned, it was really like, it was, it's five phases in the program. I mean, it's like in the middle of phase one, I was like, okay, this is, this is it. It's really the same thing, just kind of like a slightly different medium in a way. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to dive into this deeper just because I think it's interesting. Like the music parallel. So say you're a composer or you're coming up with, you're collaborating with another artist. Mm -hmm. um, like what is that, how, what is the similarity between maybe what information you ask or need from the person you're collaborating with on a, in a music standpoint versus maybe collaborating or working with a client? Are there any similarities there? Lots of similarities. Um, and it, and it, it varies um, client to client because one client could be like my friend that you know we're just in the studio together or we're in my living room making music to where it's like there isn't any conversations kind of like hey man let's just make something and we start making things and then we'll go a specific direction there are other okay. times where um i have a client and they may come in uh they might have just gotten into an argument with their boyfriend or they might have just gotten proposed to or something that's kind of like that energy just leads it might not necessarily be a conversation i could just be overhearing what they the conversation mm -hmm. they just had and then take that energy into a song um, and then there are other things with, um, more so with like sync licensing and composing to where I'll have a one to two hour zoom with like all stakeholders, where it's like the producers and, uh, just everyone involved and just talking about the entire scope of the project. You know, we have all of these references, all of these, you know, uh, it's kind of like it's showing me like a mood board of what everything gets really, really specific. So, um, yep. It's really it's a it's a it's a combination of things. I personally I like having a, it's like a beautiful mix between like constraints. Like I like to say, okay, I want to make this type of song, but I like to also have a lot of freedom within that to kind of make my version of it. You know. Right, and that's. I mean, I think that does parallel with design is like you have a customer and you're like, okay, what are the problems we're solving for? And you, you're gathering that data, right? Like there's, there's concrete guidelines there exactly. as far as what information you're solving for, or problem you're solving for, but then giving you the creative freedom to like explore options and ideas and come up with different concepts to kind of pitch to to clients exactly. so i can totally see that kind of 
exactly. similarities there. And I will say that um, although it can make things a little stressful, um, I do enjoy having a deadline when working with clients because when I'm working on my own music, it's kind of like, I'll tinker here, tinker there, tinker, and it's just like forever, you know, but having a, a deadline is kind of like, okay, I have the, you have to finish by this point, you know, so it's kind of like you just have, you just kind of lead with your intuition and go with your gut, okay, this is the best decision, get those broad strokes out the way, and, um, you know, kind of tinker up into the deadline, but for my stuff, I could like tinker for like years, you know, it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that's interesting. That actually kind of reminds me of um, at the design project, we we kind of time box ourselves. So like, for instance, if we're pulling inspiration, like you could literally spend hours and hours pulling inspiration from everywhere, right? But our customers move quickly um, and they we have a timeline set. So we time box ourselves and we're like, okay, let's we're going to give ourselves two hours and we're going to come up with inspo that we can send to our customers that we feel confident in and i think that's kind of what you're saying it's like having those deadlines and those constraints because really helpful. of course you could spend forever but it's dependent on a lot of other factors exactly exactly i love that so i i want to ask about the boot camp um so you said you're you're getting close to graduating which is super yes, super exciting yes yes um how has that how has that process been like what is the maybe the most surprising learning that's come out of of boot camp it's a good question um surprising learning it's a couple of things i'll kind of reiterate one of the things i i i was led to it i think just kind of like through intuition um just because of the creativity and the parallels that it has with uh my previous experience especially with teaching um as well just because of like i've taught primarily in um washington dc and then in the bronx and so i'm originally from north carolina so of course i mean we were all kids so like i have i can empathize with my students like okay i was a kid too but also there was a, a big learning curve for me um because I'm from, not really, I'm from Durham. It's not really rural, but it's it's not D.C. It's not the Bronx. So it was <laughs> a sure. lot that my students were experiencing and just like their point of view and worldview was totally different from mine in a lot of cases to where it's like they're dealing with something outside of class and bringing it into the class. I'm trying to, you know, talk them through it. And it's like they kind of realize I have no idea that what they're talking about. It's like I realize they're like, I have no idea. It's like this is what I would do, but, you know, your reality is as a kid is totally different than mine was but I, I eventually learned how to really just learning more about the community learning talking with parents more talking to my coworkers about um just different things that may have happened in the community um both positive and sometimes negative that students remember or there's their older siblings might have experienced that they're you know it kind of they bring that into the classroom so really emp empathy was kind of like I was saying my five years of teaching, like empathy, and that's the parallel of design too. That's like the, one of the biggest parts of design is being yeah. able to empathize, empathize with clients. So um, I would say that's one of the uh, learning like surprises, I guess you'd say, um, is just realizing how many parallels, like I came in thinking like this is the tech world and it's so far over here from what I've been doing. But I realized yeah. that I'm actually been developing a lot of the skills that are needed it's really just a matter of learning the technical side of things but in terms of you know just the design thinking and even like a lesson plan 
um, that's really a usability test. When I think about it, it's kind of like I, t I have a, a goal. Um, I take data, like maybe previous test scores from a year before or just a week before. And I'm like, okay, we need to get, we need to, we have a, you have another goal to get to. Um, we have a problem rather, have the test scores, the data, then we have a goal that we need to get to. And then like each day is like a usability test, like in real time, because some lesson plans hit and then some of them are just, it's just like, it could just go out the window. And that is a, it's a lot of different factors that could contribute to that. It could be, it's not always academic. Sometimes it's just, it might be Friday. The kids are like, hey, it's not time to learn anything new today. We're going to just have some fun. So I'm like, all right, let's go to the playground. So it's like, so um, just realizing that it's, it's so many parallels between so many different disciplines. It's just a matter of like how you kind of zone in into it. Um, I'd say those are kind of like the biggest surprises. I would say, well, you didn't ask me this. I guess we'll get into like challenges because I was, I was about let's, to mention a challenge, but. Uh, let's do a challenge. I mean, yeah, I love empathy. That's like. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people have empathy from previous jobs, but I'm especially like empathy dealing with like children and learning how to relate to them. Like that's a yes, level yes, I personally yeah. have never experienced. So I'm sure that's like very interesting and probably a lot of those insights that you gathered, you can take into empathizing with customers on a different level or users on a different level because of those skills that you've Absolutely. learned for children. That's really fascinating. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, let's go into challenges. What, what's kind of some of the biggest challenges from boot camp? There's a couple. Um, one, uh, I think it was in the second or third phase that I was in was it's crazy because I, I, I came into tech with the intention of doing software engineering, but the coding, the coding just like it was like I was getting so deep into like we're in the color theory and we're learning all these things about personas and all these different things. And then it's like, uh, a heavy dose of coding and I was like man I was not expecting this at all and it it took me a while it actually that was probably the most challenging part just because um it's literally a different language you know it's a different language <laughs> right. and balancing that and just balancing the product design classes and a nine to five and working on music it was pretty crazy um but then it's kind of like the coding just took things to like another level because it's like um, it, it, it was it was just really challenging, but I talked to my advisors and just did all the extra study hours. And it, the crazy thing about it is that I cannot wait to finish because I want to learn even more about coding. Because like once I got it, once I got it, I'm like, oh, this. And I'm, I know there's a lot more to learn, but once I kind of got those core principles, I was like, oh, this is not that difficult. You just gotta kind of know how to move things, you know, and just learn those like basic principles, and then trial and error. You just keep. You keep growing from there, but uh, that was that one. That that was tough. That was that was the phase that took the longest for me. Um, yeah, but that's but, funny because of your first interest in going into right, um, right, right. And that's something like I, I as a designer. So I've been I'm a product designer. I've been designing for like 10, 15 years. Like I was designing before product design was a thing. So I think one thing that I've never touched is really coding. And that's something that I've always kind of shied away from, or I was like, no, I'm a designer, like numbers, coding yeah. isn't my thing. Um, and so I think that's an amazing skill set to have, especially today as you kind of transition, product designers are doing many different things. And I think my question to you is like, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to work on this yet, but 
designing and then handing off designs to a team of developers and the insights that you have by knowing how to code in that little bit is probably really useful for you to be able to communicate with the Absolutely. Have you had a chance to dive not into that yet? yet? Not okay. yet. And I'm, I'm really excited to do that. Um, one of the reasons, because in Figma, I forgot what you pressed, but you can kind of see like the code on the side. Um, yes. So just to kind of see, again, um, kind of like going back to the music, uh, it's, a, it's a collaborative effort. You know, I might have this great idea. I'm like, this has to be in there. But the, the engineers are like, there is no way that'll work, man. Like, you know, and just finding that yeah. happy balance, but that compromise, you know, because yes. really the ultimately the user or in music, the song is the most important. You know, how I feel about it, how you feel about it is like we want to make a great song. We want to make a great product, you know, and how can we mix and match our ideas and then what's also possible <laughs> to like to make it come to fruition. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for you to explore that. I think by having this knowledge of coding, it's really going to help you understand and be able to speak their language and collaborate so that you can make sure what you're designing is actually translating correctly. Um, exactly. Because that is a lot of problems that designers have is sometimes they work in silos and like, oh, this is this amazing idea. And engineers are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, not There's at all. No like, way that's we not do that, possible. Yeah, yeah so I, I love that. I, I'm, I'm excited for you to kind of go to that next step um, Absolutely. with kind of some of those coding skills you've learned. Um, what else? Are there any other like challenges that were maybe yeah. unexpected? <laughs> yes. Um, There's one more I definitely wanted to mention. So, um, as I mentioned before, my wife, she's in a residency now, she's in a pedi pediatric residency now. Um, mm -hmm. but before she was in a general residency, uh, for a year. And so that was at the, she finished that in July. And, um, so, you know, she was looking for positions, looking to apply for peds and different things. And, you know, uh, it just worked out that she found a really great position in Hartford, Connecticut. And so we we're like, okay, that's what we have. So let's, let's yeah. pack everything up and move. And so, um, I resigned from my position and I was like, okay, we're going to go. I, Cause I was doing a product. I was doing my classes part-time then. I was like, okay, I'll just do it full-time until I can find a remote position. And so uh, we moved and literally, so we moved on a Saturday. Um, she came home on a Monday. We were about to get dinner prepared and everything. She gets a phone call. Uh, long story short, the program that she applied for that she didn't get into there. Like, Hey, in, in the Bronx, they're like, Hey, um, are you available to come back? We need you on Monday. She was like, like this upcoming Monday? They're like, yeah, is it possible you can get here Monday? And we were like, yeah, we can get here on Monday. So then we, the great thing is I only unpacked maybe like 30% of our things, but then we just had to pack it back up, drive back down to New York. This was about two months ago, um, two, three months ago. Pack back up and... The great thing is we were really stressing out because we were like, when we moved to New York, um, it was right after the pandemic and there were so many deals on apartments. So um, we got a really great rate, a great rate. But um, and, yes. right. <laughs> so uh, we were looking at apartments because we had, you know, of course, we uh, ended our lease here. And yeah. so um, we're looking for apartments and everything was like six to seven yeah. almost like a thousand dollars more than what we were used to paying it was like oh my goodness man this is crazy you yeah. know um 
and at that time I was unemployed. Uh, so it's like, it was really, really crazy, but we actually, it worked out that we were able to get our same apartment at the same rate. Um, so we moved oh back in, Amazing. of course, on the day of the move, it was a torrential downpour. So it was like, Obviously. you know, yeah, of course it would work that way. But, um, but yeah, so we're back. We're excited to be in the city, continue to explore. Um, but that was a crazy week where it's like, uh, just, I had the mental switch of moving from New York to Connecticut and think, okay, where yeah. am I going to find? Because, you know, even though I plan on working remotely or like a hybrid, I'm like, I would definitely love to be in the city. Um, yeah. Opposed to kind of like being four hours, two to three hours away. Um, right. And trying to, you know, get a job in the city. So so I had to have a mindset shift about, okay, how's it going to work in Hartford? And now I'm back here now. So it's like, yeah. it, 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 was a, it, was a, it was a blessing, really. Um it was a blessing. It was crazy, but it was a blessing. And it did put a, it put me back a little bit with my study just because like the packing and moving before to unpacking to packing yeah. again and moving. So, uh, oh but it was gosh. cool. It was good. We're, we're here. We're happy. So it's all good. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, what's kind of interesting about this conversation is like personal life or other factors that are happening in the background. And like, highs and lows and like your wife gets all these great opportunities or she doesn't and then you move and then she does and it's like all of those emotions going into you studying and working and everything like that and I think that is like a big part of I mean I guess it kind of goes back to empathy I don't know it's like mind sure, shift yeah. changes and like understanding how people are relating or understanding why sometimes people are more engaged or less engaged because there's so many things happening in the background of everything that we're doing in the design space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just finding that balance between, you know, you have your work life, you have your home life, you have your social, it's so many different things that are kind of, you know, humans were very complex, you know, yes. so um, yes. you just have to balance. It's a balancing act, you know. Yeah, and like being gentle with yourself. It's like you were like, oh, I had a bunch of mind shift changes and like it all worked out, but it was tough at the time. So I'm sure that was like you just making sure you were in the right space. Absolutely. Figuring out how to get there, I guess. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Well, so let's talk about, I want to go back to what's going to happen after boot camp, but I want to make sure we talk about the which we, I guess we kind of talked about a little bit with empathy, but some of the similarities between teaching and design. Um, Is there anything else like outside of empathy that you can think about that? Or I guess you talked about planning, like. Yeah, it's uh, like, it's definitely, I definitely use it. Well, I mentioned before, but uh, lesson plans are like usability tests, which are really cool um, to think about. Um, Because it's a constant, constant iteration. You know, we, I have, a goal, you know, let's say I'm trying to teach um, my first grade classes how to read music. It's kind of like there are some, which is, it was so cool because you had some students who came in without any formal training and they would just get it. And then others where it's like, they still don't have it. So it's kind of like figuring out, you know, there's a behavioral management perspective to that as well to where it's like, okay, those that get it, some of them, they're really bored. So it's like, okay, what can I put into the plans that are going to like, keep them interested uh i'm doing like remediation for this group over here and just kind of find that balancing act so i really really had to lean on here's my first um music teacher position my first position as a music teacher is really really had to lean on uh, my supervisors and then 
my other the other specials teachers like the uh, uh, theater and gym teachers about like got what do you do in this situation um and just really leaning and leaning on just really every anybody i could get a hand on that kind of like <laughs> yeah. helped me like figure this out because it's a, it's a really delicate profession just because it's like you're dealing with young minds like in a, a right. lot of them you know and they have their own backgrounds they're coming into it's I, I a big thing I learned is it's so much bigger than teaching. It's kind of like that's or teaching content rather. It's more so it's like you're like students are with you more than they're with their parents. You know, it's like they leave you and they're like <laughs> they go home for maybe like five hours and they're awake. They're they eat. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you're with yes. them. For, it's like you're like a third parent or second parent a lot of times. So. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was a constant, it's kind of like evolution of how do I make these things work and just constant iterations of like yeah. behavior management and different things um, and teamwork, collaboration, and just being able to uh, trust that I had teammates that can like, sometimes like something, some crazy things are happening in class where I have to literally call people like, yo, can you please come <laughs> with help me with this because I don't want anyone to get hurt and different things. So um, collaboration, was a, a big part of it, teamwork for sure. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that definitely relates to design in the sense that like something we say at the design project is like, it's really important to have other people, other designers to bounce ideas off of, to brainstorm, to come up with the best options because working in a silo is, is a lonely space. And I think the best work is really created collaborating with other designers but also project managers and founders and exactly everyone else that's involved in building something so i think that's yeah like super super aligned with kind of what yeah product design will offer for sure um cool so let's so your boot camp um kind of finishing off what have you been working on? Is it like, are you coming up with case studies? Are you building your portfolio? What are kind of these last few weeks devoted to? Precisely that. Um, the assignment I'm working on now is a case study on um, whatever my favorite project is, which happened to be, uh, <laughs> it. I created an, an app that, um, basically a private school database. So as to help parents that are, really any parent is looking to enroll their kids in a private school, but especially those that are transitioning from public schools to private schools. Um, so it's developing a case study on that. Um, and just kind of, I'm actually just kind of going through different designers. I, I, there's a designer, um, Ian, his name Ian, his last name starts with the S. He's the head of Instagram. Now he's used to be the head of design at Instagram. Uh, just kind of looking at, at different resources on the internet about, not just case studies, but just kind of like design thinking. So it's like, although I'm working on one specific thing, I want to make sure that I'm looking at it from a broad point of view, because I think ultimately I definitely want to, you know, get my technical chops up and, and really learn like the nitty gritty of UX, UI and creating interface interfaces. But ultimately, um, you know, long term, I want to, I might just be, like, I like with Ian how he's now like the head of design of Japan, where, well, he's the head of Instagram in Japan. This, But I think like there's so much room in with product designers to be like CEOs and to be, because we're literally creating the product for um, 
for users and for for the people so i really like his story and just other designers that you know you have to start off and learn you know like with the music terminology like you have to learn how to play the guitar before you can kind of like revolutionize and like start you know it's kind of like i look forward to to expanding my skill set and learning all of the pieces to it but um also just getting the inspiration from others see like there is so many different avenues to go so um not sure how that <laughs> connects to my case study but um no, yeah I, like, i'm working on like, my case study it. now it was it was great no, yeah working on my case study it. now to build my portfolio yes yes um no i mean i i like what you just said is like there's so many potent there's so much potential for a product designer and i think like a lot of junior designers coming out of boot camp they're like told like okay like you're going to continue to work on your skills um i think a big part of it is like working on your communication skills and how you relate to people and like those soft skills are really important to have as you kind of move into design so it's like being able to communicate your design decisions in a way that everyone can understand and to be able to feel really confident in the decisions that you're pushing and making and that's like a skill all on its own um, so I do think those hard skills are like those like immediate needs, like, hey, I need to be really great at Figma. I need to know how to build components. I need to know how color theory, I need to know all of these. Um, and then like starting to get more, feel more confident as you work on more projects into communication and theory and design oh, and for best sure. practices yeah. and all of that stuff. And then it can kind of translate into so many things. Like you said, like you could be a CEO, you could be head of product, you could be an influencer that's teaching design best practices like yes. there's so many ways to go um so i think that's that's really great and i think that's that's awesome so i'm excited to kind of follow along with your journey as you kind of build these case studies um so i guess kind of one of my last points i would like to hear is like where are you going from here like do you have an idea of the types of companies you want to work for um are you thinking of kind of maybe taking on freelance while you continue to teach? Like what, what is next steps for you? Next steps, definitely. Um, it's kind of like two, two routes, I guess you'd say, but kind of like in the same, the same direction. So um, I would definitely love to work for like a music tech company, like a Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Apple Music, uh, just to bridge, even though I wouldn't necessarily be like, creating music for them. I think just my love and passion for music would definitely be like the, uh, a great motivator, you know, when I'm working with UX and UI. Um, yeah. And the other route, I would love to work for an agency too, just because it's like, I would have a lot of different projects that I'd be able to work on. So it was really those two that I'm looking at, like music tech or an agency. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, I would say those two yeah. for sure. So you're gonna finish your portfolio, you're gonna graduate boot camp, and then you're just gonna start applying and looking for um, kind of those those jobs, those junior designer positions. Absolutely. Like at this point, I'm uh, just connecting with different designers and senior designers on LinkedIn, um, just to kind of see, you know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, Spotify would be amazing, but it's kind of like, I wanna make sure that it would be the right fit and I'm just not like romanticizing the idea of it. So uh, I would say like these past two weeks, I really took a deep dive into LinkedIn, just really talking to people um, that. that work at the company just to see what is it, what is your day today? You know, what, what, it, what have you been your biggest challenges? 
especially those I, I really like talking to those that came from a boot camp as well. Because um, I see there's kind of like, a, it's a, a lot of different routes into product design, but I've seen a lot of um, people that start in the graphic design. And then I, even the, um, it was like interaction design for a while before it became like UX, UI. So uh, looking at those that came from boot camps and just seeing what was their experience with the job search process and, you know, how did you get to Amazon? How did you get to Spotify uh, or your de- uh, um, design agency? So um, yeah. just networking and just just figuring, trying to figure it all out. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's a great course of action. I mean, doing podcasts like this, like we're going to share it and um, like everyone, Anthony's looking for a job or sorry, Timothy's looking for a job. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys have a job for him. Listen, so I think by networking and everything you're doing is really awesome and we're going to kind of push and let's see if we can get you something on LinkedIn as we share. Yes, yes, yes. I definitely appreciate that. Of course. Definitely appreciate that. Um, Well, no, this was really great. I really loved kind of hearing your um, kind of your summary and how you related to design from kind of teaching and music and all of these other places that was really really great um and i enjoyed learning more about you and i'm excited to follow along with your journey and see what's next after graduation so that's very exciting thank you so much for for joining us and talking about your your design journey so far absolutely diane thank you for having me it was a it was a pleasure for sure thanks perfect okay well we'll chat soon thank you all right we're going.